0: God's grace is not just a concept, a theory, an idea to be talked about in seminary classes. Well, we talked about it in seminary class. We talked a a lot about it in seminary class. But it's not just, it doesn't stay there. It's not just something you talk about in your Sunday school class either. It's not something you just hear preached about. You need to understand about grace. Grace changes everything. Grace changes it all. Everything is changed because of grace. It certainly has in my life, and it's been the testimony in many of your lives. And that was the testimony of a guy named Paul who wrote these words recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, talking about the other apostles, yet not I but the grace of God that was with me. When Paul considered his life before Christ, when he thought about the kind of guy that he was, now he was zealous. He was religious, but he was blind, spiritually blind, even to the point of not just rejecting Jesus, but even to the point of persecuting believers I mean, just traveling. He didn't just do it to local. He traveled. He went to locations to find believers to persecute them. And even in one case, at least we know, probably more, but at least in one case, he oversaw the execution of a guy named Stephen. And when Paul thought about his life, back then when his name was Saul, when Paul thought about that, and he thought about the grace of God as he met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and everything changed. Everything changed in Paul's life. God received him. God forgave him. God saved him, and then God did the unthinkable. God called him in a ministry. God made him an apostle. God called him to plant churches and to Preach Jesus, the same person that he was persecuting, he called him to preach. Paul understood what a changed life was all about. And he also understood that it was not because of some, some idea he came up with. It was because of God's grace. His undeserved favor in Paul's life. The grace of God was more than a theory to Paul. It was more than an abstract concept to Paul. To Paul, grace was the reality that defined his life. And for believers, grace should be the reality, not the concept, not the idea, but the reality that defines our life. Your life is not defined by the kind of car that you drive. Some of you go, yeah, I'm glad of that. I'm driving clunker, you know. Your, your reality is not defined by the size of your bank account, the size of your retirement account, where your home is, how large it is. It not, it's not defined by the kind of clothes you wear. It's not defined by uh, <laughs> your family relationships. That is not how... That's not the ultimate reality of your life. Your life is defined by the reality of the grace of God in you through Jesus Christ. And this morning... I want us to consider very briefly just three statements that only believers can make. If you're a Christian, you can make these statements. Because they were real in Paul's life. And they can be real in your life as well. The first statement is pretty simple. It's this. By the grace of God, I am not who I was. By the grace of God, I am not who I was. Now, Paul understood this. Because Paul had been a persecutor of the church. He'd been opposed to Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, he says, I'm not who I was. Paul understood his sins were forgiven. He had a, a right standing in Christ. And that's true for any believer. You can say this, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you have been, no matter how many sins you've committed, you can say, quite honestly, by the grace of God, I am not who I was. I have been forgiven, and I have a right standing before God, not because I've been good. Because the Bible makes it abundantly clear that we all sin and come short of the glory of God. None of us can say, because I've been good enough, because I've followed enough rules, because I've, I've obeyed eight out of the ten commandments. Eighty, that's pretty good on a test, right? Certainly that's a passing grade. Certainly God will say, oh my goodness, I'm impressed. You got an 80, I thought you'd come up with a 60. No, no, no. The only way that we have a right standing before God is by God's grace, his unmerited favor in our lives. Paul understood that. We need to understand that. We need to embrace that. I am not who I was, and that is by the grace of God. And listen, when you're forgiven, then you can say, like Paul said, therefore, there was now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know what that means? That means the guilty sentence has been lifted. The guilt, you, you're declared not guilty, not because of anything you've done, but because of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't we love John three sixteen? Who loves John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Uh, you, you know, come on, tell me. Okay, I got all that. Okay, you, you know John 3.16. You should know John 3.16. John 3.16 is kind of the gospel in the nutshell. But you know what? The chapter doesn't end with verse 16. Jesus' conversation didn't end with verse 16. No, he went on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes is not condemned. But he goes on to say, whoever does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only son. He didn't say anything about your personal performance in there. He said condemnation or no condemnation has everything to do with Jesus Christ. That's it. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are what? In Christ Jesus. If you're not in Christ Jesus, where does that put you? That puts you in the condemned category. And that is not a good place to be. But that's what God's word makes abundantly clear. But if you're a believer, this is what you can say by the grace of God. I am not who I was. I am forgiven. I am set free. My chains are gone. The second thing that believers in Jesus Christ can say is, is by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's, that's what we did. That's what Paul said about himself. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That, this is not the pie pie, Popeye thing, you know? I am what I am. Okay, that's not that kind of I, I am what I am. What Paul was saying is, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm not what I was. I am what I am. Paul was saying, it's not only that I've been forgiven, It's not only that I've been cleaned up. It's just I've been given a new standing in Christ. I am a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm different. I'm a new man. I've got a new beginning, a new start. I am not that person that I was. Now, are there people that are really excited about reminding you of the kind of of person you were before Jesus? Oh, man, those stigmas, they stick with you, don't they? I mean, they just kind of stay. And yes, it's true that we have all messed up. We have all got, uh, we all had plenty of sin in our lives, and our sin probably had lots of consequences, and there are regrets. I mean, there are things that all of us, even believers, regret from our past lives, things that we have done uh, that disappointed, that broke not just the law of God, but broke the heart of God. But there are all kinds of people that will remind you of that. And and here you have an enemy that wants to remind you of that too. You have an enemy that whispers in your ear. As As you look in the mirror in the morning, or as you just lay in the bed at night, or as you're just going through your day, there's an enemy to remind you of who you were. But there's a voice that speaks louder than the enemy's voice. A voice that speaks above the enemy's voice. And he's got some things to say to you too. And you know how you find those things? Let me tell you. You don't do it by going into your closet and just kind of meditating in the dark. If you want to know what God has to say about who you are, open this book. Open it up. Begin to read it, and God will begin to tell you some things that will literally blow your mind about who you are in Jesus Christ. What will he say? He'll say, first of all, you're a new creation. You are a new creation. You're not that same old person. By the grace of God, you're not who you were. So you're a new creation. You are a saint. Now, most of us don't think of ourselves as saints, do we? And you, you husbands and wives, you, you may not think of their spouse as a saint. Now, I, of course, certainly do. <laughs> a saint is a holy one. A saint is someone who has been set apart for a purpose. You, according to God, are a saint. When God looks at you, he sees a saint, a holy one. God also says of you that you were chosen. You You, you were chosen. Now, maybe other people wouldn't have chosen you. Paul certainly didn't didn't deserve to be chosen. And yet God chooses. And he chooses by his wisdom, by his insight, by his will. He chooses you by his grace. You are his child. We just sang that a few moments ago. You're his child. By God's grace, you are his child. We're told that we're co-heirs with Christ. Now, listen, if that doesn't light your fuse, nothing will. Whatever Jesus gets to inherit, we inherit along with him. We're co heirs with Christ. We're citizens of heaven. Now, my driver's license says that I'm a citizen of Union Point, Georgia. But God's Lamb's Book of Life says that I'm a citizen of heaven. I am accepted, I am beloved. Of the Father, I am forgiven. Now, folks, that's just a short list. Open God's Word, let it speak to you. Ask God, God, I'm in Christ. Who am I now? And here's the deal: because we try to live by rules, we try to live by, uh, you know, if I don't do this, I'm okay, or if I do do this, I'm okay, And, and and we try to live by those rules. That's not how Jesus wants us to live. He wants, to live, wants us to live by by grace, in grace, understanding what grace is. Therefore, I don't do this or I do that because I'm trying to bring joy to the heart of the God who loved me and the Savior who died for me. I'm not doing it because I think that somehow I'm breaking a rule. I just don't want to break my God's heart. God who gave so much for me, I don't want to do that to him. That That will stop you from sin far more than a list of rules will ever stop you from sin. By the grace of God, I am not who I was. By the grace of God, I am what I am. There's one other statement that believers can say that no one else can say, and that is this. By the grace of God, one day I will be who I was created to be. By the grace of God, one day I will be. I have a confident assurance that I will be what God created me to be. Um, we still live in these human bodies when, when we became believers in Jesus Christ God didn't yank us out we still live in these human bodies and one thing I've noticed is the older I get and some of you can testify to this All right, the older I get the less things work like they're supposed to the more pain and aches that, that I have um, some of you uh, remember those times when you'd wake up in the morning and you felt absolutely no pain in your body some of you remember that me neither I, I literally cannot remember waking up when something didn't hurt. But it's not just disease. It's not just ailments. It's not just those, the breakdown of the human body. We live in a messed up world. Have you noticed that? We live in a world that's extraordinarily messed up. Now, there are lots of pleasures. There are lots of delights in this world. Uh, the bird songs got to go out on the boat and get out in the water and splash all around. And, and they got a little pinkish, but that's Okay. But they had a great time, and they came back with smiles on their faces. We had a great time this morning. We had a great time last night. We've had a great time. There are pleasures. There are delights in this world. On vacation, there were delights in this Listen, when they brought me that plate of, of flounder and shrimp, that was a delight. When the hot light's on at Krispy Kreme, that's a delight. Hey, Listen. When Glenn and Velma went to the airport, that's a delight. Okay. All right. There are delights. There are pleasures in this world. And God gives those to us by his grace. God gives those to us. But we live in a world that's also full of horrors. And it's not just that now we're seeing the, the persecution of believers and they're even videotaping their beheadings. Folks, it's far, far deeper than that. We have wars. There are wars going on constantly on this globe there are people who are dying through no fault of their own it's just the hardness of people's hearts that causes them to do that there are natural disasters that that absolutely destroy people and destroy villages there are all kinds of horrors in this world we see children abused we see families torn apart we see children aborted we see children who are who are sick malnourished they're starving Teenagers shot in the street. Folks, this is the world in which we live. It is broken. It is messed up. And inside the human heart that has been touched by the grace of God, there is a hope that says there's got to be something more. There's got to be something better. There's got to be something higher. And in Jesus Christ, we know what it is. We've been promised that there will come a day when there will be no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more separation. There will come a day when our feet will tread on streets that are like gold beside a crystal sea, and we will behold the face of God in all His glory. Does that excite anybody here? This is, this is what the Apostle John said. He said, dear friends, he said, now we, we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Folks, we've got to hope not only by the grace of God that I'm not who I was. That's a big deal. And it's not only by the grace of God that I am what I am right now. It's by the grace of God, one day, one day I know that I will be what he has created me to be. God's plan, God's plan is not just to save me, not just to clean me up, and not just to walk with me till I die. God's plan is to take me home. And that's true for everyone who is in Christ. So what do we say? Listen, this, is sim- this, 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 this outline is so simple, everybody can remember it, okay? By God's grace, I'm not who I was. By God's grace, I am who I am. And by God's grace, one day I will be the person he's created me to be. Listen, outside of Christ, I got to tell you, there's absolutely no hope. Okay, I just want to be honest with you, Okay. If you're here and you're in Christ, you need to celebrate that. If you're here and you're not in Christ, you need to be. There's no hope. You can gain everything that this world has to offer and end up with absolutely nothing. Jesus said, what, what's the profit for a person? If they've gained the whole world, they're driving around in a Ferrari, they're living on the house on the hill, They've got a vacation home in the mountains and a vacation home at the beach and a vacation home in, in two or three foreign countries. What good is it for them to have bank accounts that are overflowing and a retirement account they never have to worry about? What good is it to have the, 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 the eye candy for a wife and these well-behaved children? What good is it to have a doctorate tacked up on your wall? What good is it for to, gain, to gain all those things and yet to lose your soul? What you literally give in exchange for your soul, Jesus said. Here's the good news: you can't buy it, but you can receive it because grace is a gift. It's not earned. We're saved by grace through faith, and this is not something we do ourselves. It is the gift of God, not to be taken, not to be stolen, not to be earned. But to be received out of Christ, we have no hope. But in Christ, in Christ, we have everything. And so I ask you this morning, where are you? Where's your location? Not Greensboro, Georgia. Where are you spiritually? Are you in Christ? Or are you not in Christ? That's really all that matters. If you're not in Christ... God's Holy Spirit has, been, has, has just touched your heart this morning. You said, you know what, I'm not in. And that means I'm condemned. And I'm not content to walk out these doors this morning knowing I'm a condemned man or a condemned woman. I'm not content. Because I've heard this morning that God has a greater plan, a higher plan to make me something new, to take away my old life, to give me a new life, and to give me a home in heaven. I am convinced that God has done that today. God's Spirit has revealed that to me today, and I am ready to receive what God has to give to me today—what I couldn't earn and what I don't deserve. How do you do that? It's pretty simple. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Go back to John three sixteen. You knew it already. God loved this world so much that means He loved you that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever would believe in Him should not perish, be condemned but have everlasting life. Are you ready to take that step? Today is the day of salvation. If you're ready this morning, I'm going to ask you guys, come on up. Y'all are going to sing one more song for us. And and this this song is often called an invitation, and that's exactly what it is. It's an invitation for you to receive what God has to give to you in Jesus Christ. And if the Lord's laid it on your heart today that that's what you need, You need a relationship with Him. You need to be in Christ. Then this is your opportunity to respond to what God has said. You just just come up. Just get out of the aisle. Just walk down when the song is singing and say, Today, I need Jesus. And we'll pray with you. And you can leave this place a changed person. Or perhaps you need a church home. You need a place to belong. A place that loves Jesus. A place that proclaims Jesus. And a place that lives in the grace of Jesus. And you say, you know what? God's led me to Grace Fellowship. That I invite you to come be a part of grace. Some of you, though, may simply need to come and pray. And let me tell you, that's okay. If you want to just come and pour your heart out before God, do that. But I'm here to tell you this morning, by the grace of God, you don't have to be the person you were. By the grace of God, you can be someone new. And by the grace of God, by the grace of God, you will be the person he created you to be if you're in Christ. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, this morning I pray that I pray that you will move in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls to respond to your message, to your word, to respond to your grace. So Holy Spirit, would you move in the hearts of all those here this morning? That none of us would walk out of here the same people that walked in. That we would be changed because we've met you. And this is our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.